This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery, like McKenna, brings a top-tier lineup. With Leaf Davis-esque delivery right to your door, you'll always be winning with Mook Delivery. So the only thing left to say is, you win. Order now on the McDonald's app. And you can also get rewards points delivered too, so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only by app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure, 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. After late disappointment at Sheffield Wednesday last week, the Blues remain unbeaten and will be looking to continue that in the Christian Walton Derby. This is the Blue Monday podcast. Hello and welcome to the Blue Monday podcast, discussing Ipswich Town up or down since 2015. I'm Richard Woodward. And you're listening to the pre-match show available every week and brought to you in partnership with our friends at the Greyhound Pub in Ipswich. Joining me this week for a pre-record, we haven't got, I haven't got the Jeopardy, the panic, Seb, of live comments and all that kind of stuff, you know, running the, the crazy ships, spinning lots of plates. So we are pre-recorded. It's a bit more sedate. Seb, how are you? Good to see you. Yeah, very well. Thank you, mate. Good. Yeah, you can enjoy this one a little bit more. And I assume there's no Apple cable anywhere nearby that's going to cause some feedback this week. You've done your done your prep before recording tonight, I guess. Hopefully not. Yeah, new new microphone is on order though. Um, I've taken that criticism. I feel like I let everyone down, so um, I feel like I owe it to everyone to sort my act out. So that's fine. Biggest game of the season last week, and you ruined the pre-match show. Don't worry about there it. There you go. I know, and live as well, so everyone can, yeah, ruined it. So apologies again if that ruined your weekend. I hope it didn't. Um, so talk to us about what um, for folk who are who are watching on YouTube. What what's that to your your behind your left shoulder? I it's can't so, really make it out. It's very dark. It is, yeah. It's so it's it's so authentic and so good as a blackout kit. You literally can't see a single thing. It looks like I've hung a black t-shirt up, doesn't it? No, it arrived today. My my blackout edge here in third kit arrived today. It's very nice, very nice quality. The sizing is a bit weird, so I might have to take it back to the club shop and go back down to the size I was in Adidas, which is a good thing because it makes me feel better about myself. <laughs> uh, but yeah, and next to it is the um, the one from a couple of years ago when we won 2-1 in December, I think it was, the Carers Trust shirt. We won 2-1 goals from Nolan and Jackson, I think. John Nolan, I wonder where he is now. I do actually... Uh, Tramir. Tramir, yeah, he went back to Tramir, didn't he? Um, sure he's playing. So hopefully that'll be a, uh, a good luck home and force about to come on Sunday. Yeah, well, I've got Christian Martin's shirt. I don't know whether which kit will be in on Sunday, um, but I have a Christian Martin shirt, nevertheless. Well, a goalie shirt in homage to Christian Martin. We need to mention, obviously, he's a, from Plymouth, from that area, former Plymouth youth player as well. 
um, friend of the pod, spoke to us about Roman Lario and all that stuff. So I thought we had to pay, pay homage to him and did a good a good interview with the club today as, on Friday as well. So worth checking that one out. Um, yeah, Plymouth, Seb, it's, it's going to be a tough one, isn't it? Blimey. Um, the games, the tough games come thick and fast. Any reaction to last week? You were you were at Hillsborough, weren't you? I was, yes, I was yeah, there. You were on the pod, you on the flagship, so yeah, I did the flagship. And like Ben said, he summed it up. If you take away the timings of the goals and look back at a two-all draw at Hillsborough, you probably think, okay, that's pretty decent. But yeah, it, you know, a week later, it is still a little bit disappointing based on the the nature of the game. But still unbeaten, still top of the league. We're kind of is that going to be our hardest away game of the season? I guess Sunday's a big, big test, as is whenever we go to Fratton Park. But you know, I think we've walked away from our probably our certainly our toughest game so far. Probably our biggest away game of the season, unscathed, top of the league. You know, we shouldn't fear anybody, and I'm I'm pretty confident going into Sunday. Yeah, we'll talk about Plymouth in more detail shortly. Obviously, um, I, the more I look into them, the more the f- I feel there's very some weird similarities between the two teams, certainly in the way they approach and all that kind of stuff. So it'll be interesting um, to see how that one pans out. We will um, come on to that in a second, but we need to talk about ITFC women very briefly, look ahead to their weekend. They've had two wins in two now in the league after a bit of a stuttering start, a first signing of the season for Ed Godfrey joined on a dual registration from Arsenal's um, youth system there. Um, and they face QPR in the determining round of the FA Women's uh, League Cup, similar to the, sort of like the League Cup and the EFL trophy combined um it is an away tie so if you're london most city west london near to hanwell um, then do get along and support a few weeks ago before the tie was rearranged i spoke to club media officer kieran stanley who explained a little bit more about what this tournament's about and a little bit more about the priority for us this season and where it sits so we'll hand over to kieran yeah so it's the women's national league cup now what happens is they have a determining round which is like a prelim round so the winning clubs in the determining round go through to the League Cup and the losing clubs go through to the, to the plate. So it's almost like a Champions League, Europa League kind of thing where right. one, some teams go one and the other teams go in the other. And it gives teams an opportunity to compete in the competition even if they've been knocked out early on. So um, that's what it is. It's for tiers three and four only. So that's why I drew comparisons to the EFL trophy. The difference is there's no group stage early on. It's just a straight knockout competition. Um, and then it will be a case of it will be South versus North. So last year, I believe Southampton played Huddersfield in the final. Um, we were knocked out by Southampton in the first round after knocking out London Bees in, in the determining round. Um, so the likelihood is, yeah, we, obviously we're going to go, if we were to go all the way to the final, we'd end up playing a Northern team in there. But realistically, it's a competition that we could win. Um, obviously, no, it's a tier three and four competition. There are no Super League and Championship clubs in it. I know Joe was saying last year that he would have liked to have given it a good go, but unfortunately, we ran into the eventual winners very early on in the competition um, and had a narrow defeat to them. But yes, we could go and win it. Um, and we've got a, a decent tie away at QPR on Sunday. They're division below us in, in the fourth tier and in Division One Southeast, but they're, they're a decent side at that level. They got promoted season before last, the same year as us, and they finished fifth in their first season, so they're not a bad side. And obviously, it's always good to go and play against a team you've never played before. So we'll look forward to that one. Hopefully, we can get through to the League Cup, and, and we'll see what happens. But I know Joe has said that, obviously, with you know missing out on promotion last year, we do need to prioritise the league. And, and also with the FA Cup this year, with the prize money now rising so significantly in the Women's FA Cup, that adds extra incentive to, to FA Cup runs, whereas this League Cup doesn't do that. So 
in terms of the priorities list, it is third. Um, but that doesn't mean that we're going to take it any less seriously in terms of our intent to win the game. So, um, yeah, we'll go to QPR on Sunday. And hopefully we can get through. Thank you to Kieran. And obviously, Seb, we look forward to a, a positive cup run, albeit not top of the list front for understandable reasons. FA Cup, we've got good pedigree there, but it's all about the league, isn't it? Very much so, yeah. Like you say, good they've got the season up and running with a couple of wins. Can you just explain to the uninitiated and the the, the, the thickos amongst us, i.e. <laughs> me, what is dual registration? So we share it with Arsenal. They're, she's still eligible for Arsenal games, isn't she? Yeah. But do we get, first, presumably they get first choice of fixture or how does that work? So essentially it's it's like a loan but you can go back so after she, she still, play for them presumably she can still play for them yeah so okay it's i think it's for the season i don't think the club have confirmed the duration for, of it but i believe it's for the season so essentially i see it like a loan deal I, I might be wrong we might need to get kieran back on to explain this but if arsenal wanted to use her in a their one of their fixtures i th- would guess they get first refusal okay, yeah. to do that okay but otherwise she's essentially an ipswich town women's player for the for the season um and yeah it's it's a good situation they're another um another one of joe sheehan's contacts or you know legacy of his coaching in essex that has come through for us as well and certainly a high pedigree player had been involved in the arsenal first team in in pre-season i believe and training so that's positive but yeah if arsenal wanted a, a back for an individual weekend then they could call the shots on that and she's um, highly rated she's england played from england under 14 england, up to the current yeah, england under 19 under level so yeah, yeah. So decent yeah. pedigree and can play in a number of the attacking attacking positions, can't she? So, yeah, best of luck. Hopefully she should, she'll hit the ground running and, um, yeah, we'll be able to, to use her excellently throughout the season. Yeah, looking to get goals, which she said in our, in our interview, which is great. And you know, it's not an error in the pitch necessarily where we're low on numbers, but injuries are playing and uh, having a factor. We've only, those two wins that we talked about, both single goal wins and in fact the the Bridgewater win was an own goal as well so definitely goals is on the agenda but wouldn't surprise me if there's a couple of more faces maybe certainly a bit of defensive cover perhaps as well so we'll wait and see on that nothing imminent as far as we understand it so we'll keep an eyes peeled there and as I say we'll get Kieran back um, and check in with him no doubt uh, quite soon on how things are going there let's focus on Plymouth Seb we've already teased it enough um, and we are not too daunted, but there are some stats. Essentially, the situation they find themselves pretty positive, isn't it? After a pretty decent season last season, which we'll talk about shortly as well. But tell us where they are in the league and, and point situation, all that stuff. Yeah, like going into the Sheffield Wednesday game last week, you know, we're facing one of the one of the big boys. They're currently third in the league with 19 points. They're two points behind us, sat in third position. Played nine games, won six, drawn one, lost two, scored 16 goals and conceded 11. They are unbeaten in their last five with four wins, and the wins came against Oxford, Derby, Bolton and Forest Green Rovers. And they drew against Pompey last week with a, a 94th-minute equaliser by Pompey that we'll come on to. They are unbeaten since mid-August, and they are really, really good at home. They've won four out of four and they haven't conceded a goal yet at home. And the four sides they've beaten are Barnsley, Peterborough, Bolton and Oxford. So Oxford aside, you're talking all sides that are kind of, you know, expected to probably be up there at the end of the season. So, you know, really, really strong home performance so far. Not conceded any goals, won them all. It's going to be a a bit of a cracker, I think, on, on, on the weekend. Yeah, I went back to see it when it was they they last lost in the league prior to the season and they obviously lost on the, on the end of the season the, the closing fixture against MK Dons with MK looking to sneak into the autos I think and Plymouth I think at that point had lost out on the playoffs Yeah. so no surprises really that it was a end of season kind of you know, on the beach kind of performance there but prior to that they hadn't lost and um, since 
um, February, they lost to Rotherham as well. So it wasn't as if it was a an easy team. You know, Rotherham's away record was crazy last season. So it is a bit of a formidable place. But they have lost to Peterborough in the league, couple beer. They then beat them in the league a few weeks later. And no surprises, they're top of the home league table if you were to split points into home and away, but joint with Bolton, Derby and Cambridge. Guess who's, who's top of the away league, Seb? Go on, tell me. Ipswich Town. So best home record against best away record. Isn't equals... that what they say when an immovable force meets a non-stoppable object or something? Exactly right, yeah. Talk to us about last season very briefly. For them. Well, they were unlucky, weren't they? That We had this ridiculously high bar for the playoffs and they missed out. They finished seventh and they missed out by, on the playoffs by finishing on 80 points, which you know sounds crazy, but that was the world they found themselves in. Uh, we lost 2-1 down there in October time. Edmondson, I think, put us 1-0 up from either a free again, kick or a set piece. Yeah. I think we were pretty comfortable, but I, I seem to have didn't Matt Penny have a bit of a nightmare that game and yeah they equalized just before half time uh through luke jeffcott and then connor grant ex itfc loney won it just after half time and i think it was one of those games whereby we didn't if i remember rightly we I don't think we threatened that much from them scoring relatively early on in the second half and yeah one of those kind of paul cook games you know where you wanted us to try and make a marker for ourselves and put together a bit of a run of form but but, but we didn't do it and then later on in the season at portman road i think it was march time we uh we were trying to gate crash those playoffs it came the week after the one all draw against Oxford when they equalised in the 94th minute or whatever it was. Morsey was uh, Johnny on the spot. Norwood, I remember, took the ball down really well and cut the ball back. Norwood's there. Sorry, Morsey's there to, to tap the ball home. And we were kind of thinking maybe we can just create, gate, gate crash this playoff run because at that point, Plymouth hadn't conceded a goal for something crazy like eight or nine games. But we all know what happened a week later when Cambridge came to town. But we, um, yeah, we did it to them then back in, uh, uh, back in April, March time. We broke their record then. So hopefully we can do the same thing on the weekend. Yeah, it was a good performance that day against Plymouth. I remember that. Very enjoyable game. Um, we've talked about Portsmouth um, and it was Swindon in the Pizza Cup midweek. Talk to us about these recent games because last last time out in the league against Portsmouth, a little bit of... I mean, they probably were unfortunate to, to get a to draw, weren't they? Even more unfortunate in terms of... It was a 94th minute, wasn't it? Yeah, they should Equalizer have won that game. Pompey. So they... They beat Swindon 3-1 in the week in the Pizza Cup, but it was a, a changed team and a, a mixture of kind of youth and experience. So we'll rule that one out because it's not really, you know, a decent gauge of, of, of how they're going to perform. The game last weekend, it was that crazy weekend, wasn't it, where there were three kind of top-of-the-table clashes. They were at Fratton Park and they went 1-0 down. Josh Kamara scored a lovely goal, really, really nice finish from him. They get themselves 2-1 up with some nice play. Niall Ennis, championship manager, probably 2018, 2019 legend. You can yep. get him from Wolves on loan and he was an absolute goal machine. Um, he put them uh, put them ahead. He should have made it three one. Actually, he had a really good chance where he kind of tried to beat the keeper, and a, a simple cutback would have resulted in a tapping for somebody. And then there's all the shenanigans in the 94th minute. So they're they're kind of lining up to defend a long throw, and they get a man sent off. I, I, I've watched it a couple times on the replay. You can't really see what's going on, but it's a second yellow for Brendan Galloway. And then Pompey kind of don't take the long throw. They take it short to Morel, who's right on the edge of the box, swings it in. And Raggett, who scored the earlier own goal with a diving header, equalises in the 94th minute. So I, I think they were unlucky then. They played well. They had 50% possession, 10 shots, four on target, and 385 passes, which I don't think many teams will do at Fratton Park. So that was certainly a decent performance. I think they can consider themselves pretty unlucky. They only walked away with a point. Yep, indeed. And I guess we want these teams to be drawing with each other because it means no one gets the three points. But 
yeah, you, it's, it's a weird one, isn't it? You, you can't start f- predicting league tables in September and looking ahead, can we? So let's just keep what drawing. What will be, let's, will be. Just as long as we do our job. Yeah, as long as we do our job. If there's three points on the table, then allow two that to go into the ether and only one point apiece, et cetera. It's a much better way of doing it. And yeah, what will be, will be. Just look after ourselves. Quality goal by Karoma in that game, to be fair, for Pompey. Let's talk about Stephen Schumacher. Um I think probably quite a few people, myself included, expected a bit of a fall off mm. when Ryan Lowe left um, towards the end of last year, wasn't it? December, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah he went to Preston in, in December 2021. Schumacher was his assistant manager both mm. at Berry. They both went from Berry when they sadly sadly went under. They both went there, didn't they, to, to Plymouth, and he moved across as the assistant manager. And then it was simply a continuity appointment, wasn't it? You know, like, like you, I also thought they would eventually drop away. I think we said it on one of these shows last year that they we, we kind of figured the natural order might might take place. They might drop off a little bit, but but they didn't. You know, Schumacher's done, you know, continued the great work Ryan Lowe's done, so much so he, this week, or was it last week, he's being uh, linked with, with a jobs in the championship i think huddersfield were, were sniffing around nothing's come of that so far but i guess it's a sign you know that plymouth are, are doing well managerially you know ryan Lowe moved up the pecking order schumacher is now linked and he's, he's got a decent level uh, a, a decent record you know he's managed 39 games 21 wins six draws 12 losses which is 1.77 points per game which is pretty much almost going to guarantee your playoffs across a 46 game season and he's just a yeah a highly rated coach who's done really really well for them yeah another part of this the scouse mafia that have moved down to down to Plymouth. I, I recall Stephen Schumacher as a, a bright prospect at Everton, I think, when his, as a youth player. Um, so interesting to see um, his evolution as a coach there. And, you know, Everton, obviously, previously, perhaps, in a, in a latter, in a more previous era, were more of a school of football there, weren't they? So it's interesting to see him come through there. And obviously, Unsworth and Jeff as a coaches and around the team at a similar time there. So uh, it's interesting to see his, his progression there. And um, how well he's done. We'll talk about the, the style of play as well. And he's possibly, rather than just being a continuation from Ryan Lowe, I think it's fair to say he's tried to evolve and change the style as well. So we'll talk more about that shortly. Uh, let's let's talk about ins and outs because talk to us about this strategy around loans because a large proportion of this, the incomings in the summer were loans, weren't they? And you know, they're players of good quality. Um, yeah, deliberate strategy. Yeah, so we've seen this in the past with ourselves. We've had five, six lone players at any one time. And, you know, there's been widespread criticism that that's not the way to kind of build anything. They brought in seven arrivals in the summer, didn't spend any fees at all, where five of them were on loan. So I assume they must have had like some sort of injury crisis when I was doing the the research for this. And they maybe had to rush out and suddenly fill some gaps in the squad. But it was a deliberate strategy. Schumacher was very open about it when the window closed. He said there was money there to make permanent additions, but we didn't think we could get these kind of the quality of these players with the money we've got available so sometimes you have to go out and, uh, and use the loan market to your advantage and I guess when you look at some of the names he's brought in that does kind of make sense you know with Finazaz is the one who's kind of grabbed most of the headlines so far this season thankfully he won't be playing at the weekend he's had a call up to uh, uh, the Irish squad so he's not playing he's coming on loan from Villa with three goals in nine appearances he's kind of playing in the one of the number 10 roles um, and, I, and I guess you can understand Schumacher's point because in reality signing a, a young international player from Villa on a permanent deal you, you're probably talking you know way over kind of league one team's budgets, maybe us and Schiffer Wednesday aside. So it does make sense to use that, you know, utilize that loan market in the hope that you can either get yourself promoted where suddenly signing a player of that quality becomes more feasible from the championship level, or worst case, you get a good season out of someone, you develop them, and you can hopefully it carries you through to a you know to a decent successful season. So very much a, a, a deliberate strategy by the club. And I guess when you look at it, it kind of makes sense. There's no point spending money on lesser quality if you know you're not going to get them. Maybe roll the dice with a, a series of loans to see where it takes you. 
yeah, some other names that I want to chuck in there. The per- one of the permanents was Matt Butcher, I quite like from Accrington, good combative central midfielder. Uh, we know about well Sam Cosgrove. Those of you who are watching the EFR highlights a couple of weeks ago, he scored a hat trick on his debut. Um, having joined from Birmingham on loan, 25 as well. It's a good age. He um, couldn't score anywhere though, could he? Do you remember? He, no, he just, Wigan, yeah. he didn't score. Birmingham, he never scored. He was okay at Aberdeen. I think he went on loan to like Shrewsbury and stuff and just didn't do anything. And then, yeah, suddenly on his debut away at Derby. I think he got two that day, didn't he? He got two as they turn around a, a 2 0 deficit to win 3 2. And, and, and yeah, he looks like a decent a decent addition so far. Uh, Morgan Whittaker is a player I like, a winger who's kind of playing in a number 10 role. He's coming on loan from Swansea. I do like him. Bally Mumba from up the road from Norwich, left back, left wing back. Decent attacking yeah. pedigree, you know, a good a, 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 a good left back addition. Nigel Leonwick is coming on loan, a centre back on loan from Wolves, um, and it's just kind of you know solid, solid, decent recruitment. They've signed Mikkel Miller on a permanent as well from Rotherham, but he's injured. He got, I think it was a groin injury right on the eve of the season, so he's not featured yet, and he won't feature on the weekend. But if when you look at their, you know, their business. It kind of makes sense to plug the gaps that they've kind of, you know, lost over the summer. We obviously signed Panuch Kamara, so they've brought in a, a combative midfielder in Matt Butcher. And yeah, when you look at it, it looks like a decent bit of summer business to uh, to strengthen themselves from a position of strength that they finished last year. A lot of people will be surprised to see Luke Jeff got leaving on loan uh, with a with a deal agreed for a permanent move to Swindon as well. Um, yeah, obviously Swindon are upward upwardly mobile and ambitious. We know about that, but. It's, it's an interesting story there. Obviously, a good season for him last time out, 10 goals. Um, but uh, I was trying to some, well, I was doing some research in my own Seb, and the view from Plymouth fans was Jeff got worked in a, in a two, and um, they've moved away from that. And perhaps it's, it's a case of player not fitting system, which I guess happens, but it's a strange one, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, 22 years old as well, I think, isn't he? He's of a good age. And yeah, when somebody delivers kind of 10 goals in a front two in a, in a, in a League One season, you kind of figure that some championship size might be sniffing around with a look mm. to, you know, sign and maybe loan back or, or see what can happen. So it was it was a strange one. But if that's the way Schumacher wants to go, you know, he's proven himself to the fan and so far that he's a, you know, a good tactical manager. If he wants to play with two tens rather than two out and out strikers, I guess they just have to, to trust him. But that was a that was a strange one. It raised a few eyebrows when it went through. I wonder whether the the and then this is the first of these kind of weird. I'm I'm, I'm over overplaying this massively, but these kind of coincidences or similarities between the two sides. We've obviously seen a lot of debate online. We've had it on the Telegram group about Freddie Ladapo's role and him playing as a lone striker, and whether the expectation is that a number nine in, in Kieran McKenna's team is going to get 20, 25 goals in a season. I wonder whether Jeff got is of a similar situation there in, in that he's expecting to be a fox in the box kind of striker. And, and that's not the way that um, Lowe is going to play. Is it Lowe? Har- Schumacher, sorry. That's not the way they play it. And maybe he's been a, a, a kind of a victim of that situation. Dapper obviously much more attuned to playing the, the kind of hold up role, more physical, certainly um, than Jeff got. But it's, these kind of, new breed of managers playing these kind of tactics the, the role of the striker is different isn't it and Jeff Very much so. maybe yeah. is a bit old school in that respect that he's a you know a, num- a number nine an old school number nine as it were and I guess they've also uh, they bought in Cosgrove and they've also got two other strikers you know Nylon S who we discussed who scored last week and Ryan Hardy who was kind of one of the main men last mm. year so you are going to struggle as well if you've only got one position up front you're going to struggle to keep four senior strikers happy aren't you so I guess they they looked at it the notes you did noted that um Jeff Cott was going to the last year of his contract as well, wasn't he? So maybe it was simply a chance to, you know, get a bit of a fee before you lose him this year on a free transfer. Yeah, let's talk about this 
2-1 formation. We'll talk about style of play in a bit as well, but you've kind of got the... Uh, you, is this your team that you think it will be or is this the team from Pompey? No, that's what I think it will be because they've had a, a, a suspension and a, and a few injuries. So it'll be a 3-4-2-1. That's what they've played pretty much all season. It's, it's as it was last year, but they've just dropped a number 10 back uh, and put a striker out of it. It basically mirrors exactly what we kind of do. You know, both number 10s do look to kind of drift wide and, and pick up the ball and influence play in the wide areas. And the two fullbacks will bomb on and they, they have this solid base in the in the central midfield, which allows the rest of the team to go and do that. So it's, it's very, very similar to how we play. I think it'll be Michael Cooper in goal. Nigel Longwick on loan from Wolves. I think he'll be the right-sided centre-half. Dan Scar, who's been there for a little while, he'll be the centre of the uh, of the three. And Macaulay Gillespie will be the, the left-sided one. Joe Edwards and Bally Mumbo will be the full-backs. The solid midfield base of Matt Butcher and Jordan Hooten will sit in there and just kind of mop up and patrol and kind of do what Lee Evans does and just win those those kind of second balls. Danny Mayer, I think, will be the one to come in um, for the, uh, the injury they've had to... Uh, oh, my mind's gone blank. Well, Finazaz is out on... <laughs> sorry, Finazaz. That's it. Yes, sorry. Yeah. The call-up Finazaz. I think Danny Mayer will come back in. Linked with us once many, many moons ago. Yeah. Morgan Whitaker will be the other number 10 and Ryan Hardy will be the focal point up front who will look to hold the ball up and the likes of Mayer and Whitaker and whoever else is involved will get in and around him uh, to try and make things happen. I quite... Yeah. So the, the, there'll be a debate, I think, about the, the starting striker. Ryan Hardy's hard-working, certainly, um, and, and takes his chance as well. Really like that. I thought Ennis had a really good game against Portsmouth, um, and after, you know, I, it's really I'm really struggling to not um, play out my championship manager experience, football manager experience. <laughs> you talk about because as you said, there was a point like three years ago where Ennis you get on loan from Wolves, Amazing. and in real life, he's had a lot of loan spells prior to Plymouth, and even signed for Plymouth. I think it might have been a free. Uh, apologies if I've got that wrong. Definitely felt like a player of a good age that just needs to f- have a bit of consistency and find his feet. And I think he's starting to do that. Very creative player, um, scores very good goals. And I wonder whether he might get the nod there. I think Hardy, as you say, is the ever dependable in that position. But yeah, there is there is options for them there. And Cosgrove, I guess, if you wanted slightly different presence as well. But yeah, there's strength there. Maybe the number 10's a little bit further back. What's this goal situation? A mayor so and Whitaker scoring? Got, yeah, they spread them around a little bit. So they've got a multitude of players on three goals each. They've got Hardy, Ennis, Azaz and Whitaker have all got three each. And then Mumba, the left wing back, Whitaker and Mayer all have two assists each. So they right. kind of spread, whereas we've got Chaplin, you know, on six and is it Harness on four or five is straight after him. They kind of spread it around a little bit more. And that's where the, that's where the goals come from. The kind of the, 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 the triangle up front, the two tens and the, uh, and the main striker, but they're all linked on three at the moment each. Yeah, it's an interesting one. As we keep saying, definite similarities there in, in the in the weather goals are scored and all that kind of stuff as well. You know, I don't think they take as many long shots as we do, but the goals are they're not tappings. There's no six yard box kind of goals. They're all in the eight, all in the rest of the penalty area, aren't they? And um, I think one of the edge from I forget who it was, maybe uh, Whitaker. I think that I saw the other day that could quite good. James Wilson, before we get too far into the style of play stuff, still, still around, isn't him. he? But not he's there, but he's much. a bench option. He got sent off, didn't he, against Charlton? They got battered, I think, early doors, maybe the fourth or fifth game of the season. They got battered. I think it was 5 1, and he got a straight red card for, I think he saved a goal bound shot or something, didn't he? So he's, he, since he came back from his suspension, he's, he's very much a bench option there. They've got some injuries. I mentioned already Mikel Miller signed on uh, from Rotherham in the summer. He won't feature. He's injured. James Bolton, the keeper, he's out injured. And Connor Grant, uh, the guy who uh, scored against us from a left wing back role last year we know him as a, a central midfielder on loan from Everton I think it was 
was, wasn't it? In 16, 17. Mm-hmm. He, uh, he's injured. He won't feature. And they've got a suspension. Brendan Galloway, who was sent off in the 94th minute last week for two yellows, he's suspended, so he won't feature either. Grant, Galloway, Schumacher, all Everton linked. All got history with Everton. I'm sure there'll be others in there that I can't. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like home comforts. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home advantage with McDelivery. You win. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus. Serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Blue Monday are delighted to be partnered with TalkSport Fan Network and NordVPN, giving you the best possible offering for browsing the internet securely. NordVPN opens up global streaming options for content not available in your region by switching your virtual location quicker than Wesburn's running down the wing. NordVPN acts like your cyber Sam Morsey whilst online, protecting your personal data and sensitive info like passwords and credit card details from falling into the wrong hands. For about the price of an ITFC match program a month or a Blue Monday Telegram subscription, you can get yourself a NordVPN account which can be used across six different devices. If you need to rapidly change direction like Amari Hutchinson, there's a 30-day money-back guarantee. To get the best discount off your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com forward slash Blue Monday or click the link in the podcast or YouTube subscription to be taken straight there, supporting us here at Blue Monday in the process. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure, 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. See? Dan Scar is a name that I is also a football manager name for me. I know him at Walsall, and I think he's a left back, isn't he? But I think he's playing in a centre back position. I think he's had a quite a good season for them so far. But yeah, yeah Bally Mumber, I think, is a player yes. to keep a lookout for. And there's obviously the next, the ex Norwich link there. We're going to be wary about that. In terms of the style of play, though, I think a lot of folk listening or watching would be expecting us to be talking about Plymouth having bossed possession in in their matches and certainly they they have more possession at home than they do away but i was surprised that some of these stats talk us talk us through this it is it, i guess my question to you and you can refer to the script and the stats that we've dug out is are they a little bit more direct and not a long ball but direct under schumacher perhaps and maybe they were under ryan Lowe previously yeah, true? I mean, their, their their accuracy isn't amazing. So at home, they average 51% possession. Obviously, we know we're normally top of the league by a, a fair way for position. So I, I expect them to kind of sit back and let us have the ball a fair decent bit. They've got 71% pass completion, which is only the 13th best in the league, which is pretty low considering, you know, where they are. You'd expect a side at home, especially with the, with the strong home form they've got, to be knocking the ball around confidently. But, but only 71% pass completion rate. They average 313 short passes per game, which is only 11 in the league it's it's not up in the echelons like us and and Wednesday and I presume MK Dons they're, they're certainly not a side that will you know knock it around to death they'll be more kind of useful with it and more more kind of you know looking to to, to break lines and make key passes and stuff uh, 13 crosses per game um, but again they're not overly accurate 
accurate. That's only 20th in the league for 13 crosses a game. And they do 79 ball, long balls on average per game, which is kind of 10th in the league. So they won't they won't keep the ball as much as maybe we do in the likes of Wednesday do, but they will kind of look to be more purposeful with it. And that will, that will involve going long occasionally to the likes of Hardy to hold it up to get others involved in the play. I couldn't get a, a huge amount of up-to-date XG information. I, I quite like experimental 361s league tables plotted on XG and, and XGA. I, I feel, and again, this is this is backed up by very little in terms of real tangible evidence, but quite a lot of shots, Seb. They get the shots off, don't yes. they? A lot of them... Yeah. And the quality of the chances, because they're not from outside the area. We 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 try our efforts from outside the box. I think we've got two goals from outside the area, I think, which is the highest possibly in the league. I might, I might have got that stat wrong, so apologies on that one. But the, this will be a team that when they get a sniff of goal, they will try and take their chances, won't they? And perhaps that's that's why they are where they are in terms of their performance. But perhaps the quality of those chances isn't as high as it might be in terms of an XG where you, you know, if it's a tapping from six yards out, it's going to get high XG. So maybe that's a factor here as well, but they definitely like shots, don't they? They do, yeah. They average 14.4 shots per game, which is fourth in the league. So pretty much almost mirroring where they are in the league. We're top with 16.6 shots on average per game. So again, mirroring where we are in the league. They've scored 81% of their goals from open play. They haven't scored any goals from set pieces and they haven't conceded any goals from set pieces either. So don't expect any set piece goals coming tomorrow. 12 of the last 16 goals have come from the edge of the 18-yard box. And like you said, they've, they've had a couple of long ranges. Uh, but the vast majority, this is going to be kind of, you know, getting entries into the penalty area and looking to, you know, kind of fashion high-quality shooting chances. Yeah, I'm just trying to find the, the stats on the long-range chances, but I, I, I'm i not... I, I said at the start that I'm not great at managing the live show placementing, but I'm not able to do this either. So I think I've, I might have misquoted some stats in there, so apologies if that's the case. But certainly expect, expect them to take shots in and around the 18-yard box, which, frankly, most teams do, but they're quite effective of that. And obviously, we've talked about the personal in the team. Certainly, um, Mayer and Whitaker in the absence of Azaz is going to be players that will try that. But Ines scored a really nice goal a few weeks back as well. So they've, yeah, we need to be on our guard from range. It might be a, a game for Christian Walton to excel in as well, mightn't it? So let's talk about us. I mean, we, we've skipped kind of past the news, but the, the kind of key bits and pieces of news um, when we record, Seb, will be the absences of Burgess and... Greg Lee yeah. with long-term injuries, one more long-term than the other. I think Lee's yeah. months, yeah, and Burgess might be back in training in six weeks. Six weeks. Do you yeah. see his the the I don't know what you call it X-ray photo? Yeah, the 3D so, X-ray. Wow. Yeah, wow. I don't know how he walked off. No, seeing those pictures. I mean, yeah, I think you or me would have died. So yeah, fair play skeleton. to him for Big, getting yeah. up and walking off, etc. You know. That was a pretty horrific knock, wasn't it? And yeah, we've discussed it already. Uh, you know, a real shame for him. But six weeks is certainly better than I thought. I'll be honest. You know, when I heard about facial fractures before we saw any kind of you know the the 3D thing, I was thinking that could be a really long one. So hopefully it all goes well and he's back on the back on the grass by what end of November, start of December or so, just in time for you know some crucial crucial games. And Greg Lee is the one that's been announced today had a compound fracture. I've got no idea when he did that up at Hillsborough because he finished the game you know fine. So 
I don't know how he did that or when he did it. I, I don't remember him going down or getting injured or anything. But yeah, it sounds like he's out. Well, he, he's out for a few months, isn't he? And that's a real big loss because I did a bit of research on it earlier. And Leif Davis has actually only completed 90 minutes once away at Shrewsbury. Most of the time he gets hooked, doesn't he? Between the kind of 60th and 70th minutes, he tends to either get a knock or he just runs out of steam. Or last week he got a booking and was hooked straight away. So we're going to have to manage him quite quick, quite carefully now, aren't we? Because we've lost that, you know, that backup option from the bench. And it's a real shame for Lee because he would have played in the Pizza Cup if he wasn't away with Jamaica. Um, he'd been doing really, really well. Great in the air, great athlete. Whenever he came on to replace Leif Davis, we didn't see any kind of drop-off in performance. So it's a real, real shame for him. Uh, but hopefully, you know, he, he, can, he can kind of, you know, get, get his rehab and physio done and, and, and get back because he was a, a really, really great signing on a free transfer from Morgan. Yeah, so I mean, those were two players that I guess what well Burgess might have. He, obviously, we need to remember that he was in great form before he got injured against Bristol Rovers. Um, Lee wouldn't, I, I suspect, have been a starter, but uh, the kind of starters and finishes that we now start talking about on this podcast uh, makes that option a bit more difficult for Kieran McKenna. But we also uh, the, the kind of key headlined um, absences was Burns. Yeah, um, we, we've and also this... got a question mark over Hadme as well. Yeah. So but this might change things now. You know, if, if if you can't rely on Davis to complete the 90 minutes, do you now put Vincent Young on the bench and see him as the sub-option at, you know, 60, 70 minutes? This could this could change things, you know, dramatically for how we're going to line up. Maybe we will now see Carl Edwards in the right wing-back role. I thought Vincent Young would, would easily get it. You know, he'd be the starting right wing-back while Burns is away. But potentially, maybe now you need... Vincent Young on the bench as cover, or I guess you could start Vincent Young and swap him across and bring on Edwards at 60, 70 minutes, whatever if you need to. But but yeah, it's a, it's it's going to be an interesting one what he does with the with the fullback situation. Yeah, I listened to the the excellent midweek Q and A with Joe and Mikey um, and Joe, and they were talking about this one. I think Joe's perspective was that Edwards perhaps didn't feature as strongly as he or impress as much as he would have hoped for. I'm, I'm Always, uh, we talked about this when he signed. Marcus Harness can play out on the right wing. I, yeah, I, yeah. Is that a but possibility? We, but, we got, is... but we haven't got a number number ten then, have we? Ridiculous as it sounds, you know, you've got Chaplin as a as a tenner. Luko's well, you, out injured. You could put Dyrus John Jules or Jackson there, couldn't you? You could do. Yeah, I mean, I played the Napo. Or we did see Jackson do that role. Is it Burton away in the right yes. wing back role? Yes. He was really disciplined that night and did it there. Could he be an option as well? You know, I, I guess we'll, we'll find out at half 11 on, on, on Sunday morning when the team news is announced. But I, I think it will probably be KVY. And then if he's, you know, if, if Leif Davis is subbed at 60 minutes, we'll see KVY swap across flanks and one of either Edwards or somebody, you know, come on in the, the right wing back role. I think we heard that Edwards had been coached into the left wing role as well during the summer that might have been like here no it was right wasn't it they said he was they were trading him up to be the replacement for Wes Burns and then he suddenly got that injury and didn't feature at the back end of last season yeah McKenna said it round about probably February March time he said we're we're looking to train him up in the right wing back role oh I meant this summer more recently than that oh okay in the preseason I thought that they were trying him out there but I might have made that up that might be wishful thinking on my part um do you start, who starts in in the number the the fabled number nine position that we're talking about for you? Well, for, I mean, it depends how he's going to play. You know, Jackson should certainly start based on his performance at Hillsborough. You know, it was noticeable when when he went off, we lost the outlet of that pace, and the whole game change came plan changed. So I definitely have him starting either as the out and out number nine or in that more disciplined kind of left-handed role that he did last week and he could you know look to use his pace against someone like Joe Edwards their right wing back who isn't the quickest um Ladapo 
I, I, for me, Tyrese John Jules probably didn't do quite enough at Hillsborough um, to keep his place. I understand that after the game, McKenna came out and said it was a different tactical game plan. You know, he had to drop deep and find space and pick the ball up. For me, I think I'd probably give Ladapo a game if he's not going to play Jackson through the middle. Ladapo scored in midweek. Obviously, he had the, the, the running commentary with the North Stand from the sounds of it, which I'm not necessarily a big fan of. Um, but but he's been brought here to play that role, you know, that hold-up kind of play. And if it's going to be Jackson out wide doing a disciplined job, then I have Ladapo through the centre. It'd be good to see Cameron Humphreys on the bench as well. He's a number 10 option too. And he can I, cover I th- the left wing back role as well, can't he? he he's got that in yeah. his locker. He's, he's played it there. I know, I know McKenna came out, I think it was today on the recording on Friday night. It was the pre-match today. He said he's not seen him in that role. Um, but but he, but he can do it. He's done it in the past. So it gives you a bit more flexibility on the bench as well. Yeah, I think I I think Ladapo will start because I think a physical presence is needed against Plymouth. I, th- I think that would work in our favour. But isn't it great that w- this is the kind of debate that we're having? I mean, two teams with really young prospect coaches trying to play really creative tactical systems, maybe a yeah. slightly different um, approach up to the penalty area, but both teams are looking to create chances. I mean, hopefully this is one where we get at least a draw. It could be a three-all, Seb, couldn't it? You know, it's one of these ones, but, you know, we want for... I'm just looking at Christian Walton's interview. I think he's got a, has he got a landmark? Is it this 200th career appearance? 200th career appearance. So he won't want that, will he? So maybe a nil nil, but. And they don't concede goals at home either, don't forget. (laughs) Good point. We need, yeah, but some absentees aren't there, I guess, on both sides. So it's a really nicely poised one. Like, you know, and the, I guess the other thing we need to chuck in there, I can mention it so that it isn't a, (laughs) we can just ignore it as a thing. The sky. It's on Sky, which we all hate as well. So I can't remember just... when we lost to Rotherham. Was, was Rotherham our only game on Sky last year? Oh, I can't remember. I don't think... Um, no, we, the opening day was... Uh, uh, no, I'm trying to remember. I don't, we we I did remember. beat Wigan on Sky back in the start of the, yeah. the 2020, 2021 season, I think it was. Yeah. So we did, yeah, so we have one Paul on Cook Sky. Was in the studio. We have one on Sky relatively recently. So, yeah, maybe that's not the ultimate curse that we all remember from the kind of the Mick era where... It was a guaranteed loss, wasn't and, it? And to be fair, it's a BS excuse, isn't it? Yeah, you know, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the excuse is, <laughs> and fair, if you're listening to this at 4am on one of the supporters' coaches going down to Plymouth, you are the best of us, by the way. Let Thanks us know if you're, you. yeah. if you're listening to this. Hopefully some entertainment or some some interesting thoughts for you to um, as, on your trip down there, the long trip down there. But that's a factor as well. That can't be good. I, I assume they'll be going down Saturday night, won't they? But... Um, it's it's looks quite nicely set up and poised, doesn't it, Seb? So we will predict, give our predictions shortly. I suspect they'll be very boring predictions, um, but nevertheless, we'll come back to those and um, also look at the the rest of the schedule, which is a little bit um, limited by international call-ups and so on. Let's quickly do some bits and pieces of plugging. I nearly said a different word there, um, which I would have immediately regretted and had to, had to probably have edited out. As always, um, we are brought to you in partnership with the Greyhound Pub in Ipswich. Portsmouth next weekend, going to be exciting to be in the Greyhound pre-match there. So do come and join us. Um, we really appreciate the Greyhound support. So thank you to them and do check it out on a match day or a non-match day. Um, lovely beers, lovely drinks, lovely setting, lovely people. Um, all good there. Um, Seb, we um, are one week into sales for our live event going very well i'm very pleased to see the numbers there we are live at portman road an in-person podcast event is kind of how i keep describing it saturday 12th of november after cheltenham 
um, starts at 7.30 uh, or doors at 7.30. So quiz at 7, starts, <laughs> drinks at, I forget the quote, but you know what I mean. Drinks at 7, starts at 8. Um, drinks at 7.30, starts at 8. So do join us for that. Tickets on sale via our website, bluemondayitc.co.uk. There's a link there. If you are a paid Telegram subscriber, we give you a discount as well. And I'm sure nearer the time we'll do some giveaways as well. We've had some really great chats with folk who are coming from far and wide to join us for that one. I'm sure we will have some, hopefully, some special guests to announce as well at some point as well. So we're all very excited about that one, aren't we, Seven? Good to do stuff in person, isn't it? Very much so. Yeah, yeah. Really looking forward to it. I was there at the Curve Bar one in 2019 as a fan. So really looking forward to having, you know, as, as many of us as we can get under under one roof. And an absolutely great fair play to you for the negotiations with the club to have them host us because that's a hell of a coup. Well done, Mike. Yeah, we've got to, I've got to thank um, Theo Benoweth, who's, who's my mate when it comes to the ICFC women's sponsorship. But um, he put in a good word for us. But yeah, Rosie, Marcus, Mark... Uh, all these people, Casper, loads You're of people. First name terms with all of them. No, they. I'm not. The circles um, you now mix in. I just assume they don't listen, so I can sound like <laughs> I, I know people. Um, but no, we're really grateful for that, and um, really excited about the plans for that one. So yeah, do come and join us. Um, tickets on sale now. Um, BlueMondayRTC.co.uk. Other bits and pieces that you can find on our website as well. Um, join the Telegram group if you want to join the Telegram group, and you know, within two weeks, free trial. You'll be paid well in advance of November 12th. So if you want to get your discounted ticket that way, we more than welcome you on our brilliant Telegram group. Seb, the chat is great for that. And I'm looking forward to my phone being in constant vibrate when I'm out and about. Sadly, I won't be watching on Sunday um, for our match day group. Yeah, it's it's phenomenal. I seem to sit every week and say the same things over and over again. So I will simply say, go and try it. Two-week free trial. Then it costs a fiver. Give it a go. You probably won't leave, and you definitely won't lose <laughs> anything. Come and join us. It's it's really, really good. Royston Vasey, you'll never leave. Flagship is back on Sunday. We're a little bit of jiggery-pokery with personal for that one. I think Craig might fancy hosting that one, but otherwise I think it will be Ben. We'll confirm that nearer the time. Live, 8 p.m., um, fresh after a Sunday game for a change as well. So that'll be exciting. Join us for the conversation there. You're going to get some merch, Blue Monday, for all of that kind of stuff. Leave us a review. If you're watching on YouTube, give us a thumbs up. Give us a subscribe if you haven't already. Um, and we always need to say um, thanks for listening and watching. We always love the interaction. Apologies that we're not live this week, but I'm sure we'll have a think about Pompey next week isn't it Pompey at home on the Saturday we'll make it work for the Friday night I would think that's got a big game Portman Road 27 28,000 people there that feels like it should be a live pre-match doesn't it I'm sure we'll 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 work it out yep good stuff let's do some predictions Seb and I need to be magnanimous for a change Seb Brown's won a round of predictions, everyone. Here we go. It's Not a vintage. Read. Look like at all that red. Donkey Kong. The comeback Bloody is hell. on. Yeah, it was an absolute coupon buster, wasn't it? I remember walking. I was sat on a tram leaving uh, leaving Sheffield to go back to my car at Meadowhall last week, looking at the results, thinking, I don't think I've got anything right here whatsoever. <laughs> then I saw the, the Cambridge result. Was it 3-0 at home to Barnsley? And thought, ah, oh, this is an absolute write-off. But somehow I've scraped it. So what is it now on, on rounds? Never mind the stupid thing you made up where you get points for each actual score. What's the rounds head dead? Is that now 4-1? Four one. Oh, it's on. Here we go. Here it's we not... go. Do you remember when Arsenal were falling saying... up against Newcastle a few years ago and got really cocky and <laughs> Newcastle clawed it back? 
Yeah. Yeah. Well, this is, yeah. It's like Arsenal, Liverpool, five four, whatever with our shadow. Yeah. Be you, yeah, a month you... from now, and I'll I'll be I'll be five four up. Yeah, we'll see about that one. We'll see about that one. <laughs> Worth noting that your victory is by solitary point. Um, and yeah, not a great week for our Telegram group either. Um, what was the percentage for them? Forty two percent of the outcomes they got as well. So could do better, but a challenging week and Burton winning away, lots of yeah, weird that was stuff what in I there saw as well. I thought brilliant. <laughs> So let's let's focus on on this week as as I mentioned, slightly limited by international call ups. Uh, let's have a look first off. I guess this is a Southwest Derby, Forest Green Exeter. That's a mid, it's a twelve thirty kickoff on Saturday, um, and you've gone for a draw. I've gone for a home win here. Um, I think Forest Green have turned a little bit of a corner, but I think Exeter are not good away. I don't think anyone fancies going to Forest Green really. So I'm I'm back in Forest Green, Seb. Yeah, I mean, I, would, I simply went for this one as a draw because Exeter have lost their last two and Forest Green haven't won in their last two. So I kind of logically thought a draw would be the kind of fair result here. But Home advantage. Yeah. We'll see. I'm, I'm, I wonder what a, a derby day feels like at Forest Green Rovers. <laughs> probably very different to the likes of Celtic and Rangers. It's probably a, a completely different experience. Yeah, I'm not sure what the folk of what's the little town that Forest Green is based on with that hill. Yeah, they, yeah, they won't know what's hit them, will they? When no, a 500 Exeter fans turn up, and I don't know. We need to stop them besmirching people, don't we? Let's let's move on rapidly. Barnsley Charlton, we're both going for a home win. Slightly different scores there. Telegram also pretty confident on that one. Barnsley appear to have got into a bit of a run, don't they? They do, and, and Charlton haven't won in five, have they? They're, you know, kind of very inconsistent Charlton. So, so yeah, I think Barnsley won that one pretty comfortably. They've kind of hit their groove with a 3-0 win last week at Cambridge. Norwood scored again, didn't he, last week, I think. So Good. they've kind of hit a bit of form, and, um, and yeah, they'll win that one comfortably, surely. Bristol Rovers, Accrington. You're going, you're, you, do you like Accrington? Or do you, yeah, what's your thoughts on that one? I've gone I for don't a dislike Accrington. No, I've gone for a draw for that one. Bristol Rovers are in poor run of four months. They've slipped into the relegation zone now, I think, or they're, or they're 21st. They're there or thereabouts, to quote David Diamond. Not one now in five either. Um, I just think Accrington were on that poor run of form. And, and I just think, you know, whenever a side has a really bad run of form, I always kind of think at some point that is going to end, as we'll come on to with my Peterborough prediction. Um, so I just think that'll be a, a draw and they'll kind of stop the rot a little bit being at home. Yeah, I, I think. I I thought Bristol Rovers were pretty good when they came to Portman Road. I'm surprised. Yeah, to... but they're, they're poor in the league, aren't they? I know, I know, I know. Yeah, but it's well. a long old way to travel, isn't it? And home advantage as well. I yeah, there you go. Um, we we need to have different predictions, otherwise we'll just score the same each week. And where's the fun in that? Where's the jeopardy? Morecambe, Cambridge. We're not excited about this one. We're both going for a nil nil, and Telegram <laughs> agrees with a draw. Yeah. That's going to be, I mean, Cambridge don't score away from home. I think they've got two, is it, away from home all season? Morecambe aren't big scorers either. So, nil nil is the most logical option there by far. Snore fest. Peterborough Port Vale were both back in a home win, as is the Telegram group. Um, do you want to talk to that one? I don't think there's a huge amount of controversy. No, I just, again, like I just said a minute ago, I, I think eventually teams that are on really, really bad runs will, will kind of shake themselves right again. I think it'll be quite tight, but I'm going for a one nil because they have got that quality in the squad, you know. Sheffield Wednesday, Wickham, again, we're pretty comfortable with Sheffield Wednesday's home form, again, so a telegram. Um, again, it's the same. I've gone for a 2-0, you've gone for a 1-0. Uh, what's the situation with Wickham? Let me just rem- have a quick look, look at the league table. They can't um, get it. They can't get a run, 16th. can they? They're, yeah, yeah they're, very they're, inconsistent. 
Very much so, yeah. But I guess the summer of transition as well, you know, the kind of players that moved on and some of the players that came in. So maybe with the likes of Oxford and MK Dons, they're kind of seeing this year as a, a transition building block to hopefully go again next year, but they just can't get themselves in a in, in, in a you know a, a decent run, can they? They kind of win, draw, win, lose. You know, there's no real consistency there. And we know Sheffield Wednesday are decent anyway. At know. home, yeah. Hillsborough is not a great place for any away team to go as we, we kind of Intimidating. know. Intimidating. Ainsworth linked with Rotherham, I believe, this week as well. Um Let's talk to me about that very briefly. Um, yeah, Paul Warren. Paul Warren to Derby. Yeah, money, money, money. Would you? Who would you? Who's got the highest ceiling? Be honest. You know, Rotherham, who will probably are they doing okay this season? But the chances are they will probably come back down, and he's got to do it again at this level. Or do you take on a Derby with thirty-five thousand fans at Pride Park, get them promoted, then look to really, really build? I, I thought it was interesting. He signed a four-year contract, which suggests they're really looking to kind of you know Project. put something in place and really kind of go for it. And yeah, I just think when you look at the natural ceilings of both clubs, he's not a stupid man. Although he does support a stupid football club, he's probably <laughs> realizing he's probably realizing that um, he can take Derby a lot further than he can Rotherham. They're eighth in the championship and and have got a game in hand, which if they were to win hypothetically, would put them in the playoffs. Yeah, but that, but at the end of the season, come May, that's not going to happen, is it? Let's be honest, you know. Whereas Derby, you know, that, that's realistic. That could you could get yourselves back up to the championship, spend a year consolidating, and then really look to push on for the playoffs with the the backing of Pride Park and the the new the new owner pumping money. And you know, it's 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 a much better prospect i would say than than rotherham to be fair no disrespect to rotherham um but you know rotherham are run very prudently well they only they only decided to make a profit a couple of years ago weren't they in the league and they still finished bottom so you know i think if you're probably looking at career aspirations he's probably thinking i can do a lot more with derby than i can rotherham true yeah and i guess it would have been quite depressing to see michael smith and harikwe <laughs> yeah. leave to go to league one clubs as well in the summer too so yeah it'll be interesting when we come up against derby in a couple of weeks when we live on the telly so an the interesting lights. one there uh, Shrewsbury Burton we are both of us against Burton last week are we going to get stung again this week Seb or do we think Shrewsbury are... no I think Shrewsbury, Shrewsbury lose will... last week yeah they lost um, but I think they'll poor Vale oh, yeah they did but I think they'll I think they'll be okay at home bouncing and by, um, are going to bounce back finally Plymouth Ipswich I've gone for a two all you are feeling confident. I did not spot your connection there. Yes, Talk to us I, about think, that. I don't think they'll concede two goals at home, do you? They've conceded goals all season. I think we'll just attack each other. I quite like that. Fair enough. Yeah. Okay. No, I think we'll win 1 0. Um, I thought, but these three games, I thought. Pompey was potentially going to be the hardest one, given the way the Cowleys kind of play football. And I kind of figured if a side tried to take us on and play football, which I think Plymouth will do on Sunday. I think we could we could win it. We certainly shouldn't fear it. You know, we gave ourselves such a commanding position last week against Sheffield Wednesday. We really, really nullified them. They haven't got a player like Bannon that they are so reliant upon. So I think our, we can play our natural game rather than look to do what we did last week and hit on the break and let them have the ball and stuff. And, and I am confident, yeah, I think we're going to win this. I think it'll be a tight game, given they don't concede many, etc. But But I think we'll win this. And I've, I've gone for a 1-0. What does Telegram say? Telegram's going for a draw as well. So a draw is the logical option. Yeah, I just, yeah. I just think the boring that if option. A side, if a side tries to play football against us, then as we saw for the first seventy-two minutes last week, then you know we, 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 they will have to be very, very good to beat us. I, I don't fear it at all, to be honest. Well, as we know, I am the Jonah Hill to your Channing Tate, and we will see who's whether positivity or I was going to say pessimism, but. It's more prudency, I would suspect, because at the really? end of the day, this is also a game too. 
Um, so yes, we shall see next week how we get on. Um, and obviously really excited to see, as we talked about, what happens at Home Park on Sunday. So yeah, we'll be back um, next week to look at how we've got on. Thanks everyone for watching. If you've made it this far, we appreciate you. If you are listening to this, as we mentioned, on the coach, the car, the train down to Plymouth, the plane, maybe, I don't know. Um, we are delighted to have you with us. We acknowledge and appreciate your support. Um, as I mentioned before, you guys are the hardcore. A thousand odds going down there, Seb, is it? And free yeah, coach phenomenal. travel as well. A gesture for the club too. So brilliant stuff. And we're excited to talk about it on the flagship show with all of you guys live on Sunday. Um, again, don't forget live event. Don't forget Telegram. Don't forget merch. Do give us a thumbs up if you want to do that. Give us a podcast review as well. We do love reading the podcast reviews. Um, so give us a five-star podcast review. That would be very much appreciated. Um, and from me, safe journey to folk traveling down. Enjoy watching the game. If you are watching on the telly over Sunday lunch, join the Telegram group and get involved in the match day chat. Why don't you? And as always, I will let Seb have the final say. I won't ask you the question that I ask you, which is, do you have anything else to add? Because we know the answer is yes, but no. So I will. the floor is yours, Seb. You can send us home. We salute everyone who is getting up at half three in the morning to travel down the club coaches. Fair play to you. Have a great day out. A thousand fans. Make sure you're in good voices. Come back with three points. We shouldn't fear them. I'm confident. I guess we'll find out on Sunday. And as always, come on, you blues. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure. 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. It's the promotion running. Everyone is gathered round to watch. The McNuggets share boxes are there offering much needed distraction. Your mate's already been booked for double dipping. But in you swoop to steal the last nuggets and claim all three points. Oh, and there is the Harry Clark fist pump to celebrate. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in at participating restaurant. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.